0: Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav.
1: Today we have on our LinkedIn Smart podcast guest from the beautiful town of Bruges in Belgium. He has been on LinkedIn since 2004. So you can imagine that he has tons of experience with this platform. So let's welcome Mick Adam. So all the way from Bruges, from beautiful town in Belgium. um, I would like to welcome today's guest on LinkedIn Smart Podcast and that's Mick Adam.
0: Welcome. Nice to meet you digitally. Uh, on uh, quite a ways away. So, uh, yeah, nice to be on on your show, if I can put it that way.
1: (laughs) Mick, today we're going to talk about LinkedIn. And uh, I always ask the first question. It's all about, uh, you know, when did you start with LinkedIn? And if there is any story around you starting with LinkedIn?
0: Of course there is. Um, Actually, this is one of my key stories that you play into because I started on LinkedIn on April 18th, 2004. Which, is, which makes me part of the 500,000 first users of LinkedIn. Why did I end up on LinkedIn? Well, I was looking for a system to keep all my business cards together. And at that time, I was using a program called Plexo, which I don't think is, still exists. I think it's gone by now. Uh, and actually, it was a platform that I paid for, believe it or not, in 2000. 2000 to 2003 Uh, and then along came LinkedIn and I said well this kind of looks like something that could hold business cards so I got started on LinkedIn on April 18th so I'll be celebrating my 17th year on LinkedIn in uh, about a month from now.
1: Yeah, well, um we probably will be broadcasting this uh, this show exactly around that time. So, um we can say well, happy happy celebration. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> Mick. Um, so you've been you've been around LinkedIn for such a long time and I'm sure you've seen in and outs and ups and downs of of LinkedIn. Um how would you how would how would you summarize the the journey which LinkedIn has gone from then till now? Um it,
0: it's been a really interesting journey because I think in the beginning, lots of people were on LinkedIn for, I would call business reasons, uh, call it today, we would call it sales, but we'll, we'll call it business reasons uh, at that time. Um, and as the, the the potential database of LinkedIn grew, you saw the trend that LinkedIn was more becoming the platform where recruiters and candidates kind of met up. And then if you go back about, I would say, six, seven years, maybe even a little more, you begin to see that LinkedIn is playing in back into, let's do something with salespeople here. And and LinkedIn is now kind of becoming Yeah, a sales platform or a database for salespeople to to do their uh, lead generation on together still with the recruiters, because they haven't gone away, of course, because where do you find a database of 750 million uh, people that you can draw from? Um, But I think that the evolution has been from business over HR to, I would say, sales and, of course, marketing, uh, because... We all know LinkedIn is not a charity institution. Uh, They need to make money. And there are many ways to make money. They made a lot of money from the recruiters. They're beginning to make more and more money from salespeople. And the marketeers working for a company are more than willing to open their wallet to, uh, you know, create sponsored content and email campaigns and all of that stuff.
1: Mm. You mentioned that um, you got on LinkedIn because um, you were looking for an assistant who wanted uh, you you wanted her to or him uh, to sort of your business cards. And um, how so 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 I assume that that has happened. And what got you what got you stuck with LinkedIn and and uh, and what was your relationship with LinkedIn then and now or or has that developed some way?
0: Yeah, well, it has developed from the point that. At the point when I joined, I was still an employee uh, of a company. So for me, it then served in terms of keeping in touch with, with, you know, getting the information from my clients or the clients that we dealt with. Uh, And and we saw you saw the database grow. Um, I think today. Uh, LinkedIn is for me both my database of all my business cards. Uh, I have no longer the famous shoe boxes, um, although I do have maybe one or two, uh, but um, and it's also becoming a sales tool. It's become for me a personal branding tool. Um, I mean, it, and it's become my life if you want professionally because uh, about 13 years ago, I became a consultant in the world of social media and my background is B2B. So obviously I tended to lean more towards LinkedIn. And today LinkedIn is 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 and everything to do with LinkedIn is my business or has become my business. So it it's it's an what I call a hobby that became my job.
1: Yeah, that's actually interesting. And I would like to ask you about this, you know, how that hobby became a job. And um was it a conscious decision or like a one day you woke up and you say, you know what, like um um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be in nine to five anymore and I want to start my own business. And you started. Was, was it that like that or?
0: No, actually, the, 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 when I was working as an employee, I was a marketing manager for a company, mm-hmm. uh, a services company called Unisys. And um, as a marketing manager, every year I got a bit of a budget. Um uh, that I could spend on doing things. And as a marketing manager, manager, you do the things you do. We created a lot of events, a lot of you know conferences that we did ourselves. And at a certain moment, you see a drop in, in, in attendance. And if you see a drop in attendance, your budget gets smaller. So every year my budget got a little smaller. So at some point you decide that you need to change the way you approach things. And um, I started looking at what can we do differently and still meet our clients. So I ended up looking at networking, but not networking online, but networking offline. At that time, LinkedIn wasn't as big. Facebook had an even worse reputation at that time. So I wasn't for business for sure. So I ended up teaching the people in my company how to do normal face-to-face networking. Along comes LinkedIn. LinkedIn grows up. And in 2008 and eight and nine, I integrated that within the strategy of the, the company and the way we did things. And I said, you know what? This is so much fun. I want to go out there and help companies bridge the gap between social media and the business. And yeah, like I said, I woke up and started my own consulting practice around social media in the beginning but i must admit the last yeah 10 years my focus mainly is on linkedin mm-hmm. uh, or subjects that have that have their core around linkedin which is social selling social recruitment and then the whole uh, employee advocacy story obviously i do marketing on linkedin too but that's you know that's the third that's the third leg in the in the whole uh, story
1: right uh um- yeah, so that's, that's really, uh, um, sounds like uh, your, your hobby, your passion, which you, you found, uh, became your, uh, your job. And that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, and that's really, really great, right?
0: Yeah, it is, and, and that, that's, that's the fun part. I mean, I've always had a job that I loved. And then I did, if I didn't love my job anymore, I left. So that's that, that was as simple as it was. But this came as a, as this was initially started, like I said, it was a hobby or something I did, did on the side. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I find my own DNA into it. First of all, it's a fast moving, fast paced environment. Things keep changing on a daily basis, even on LinkedIn. Um, and that makes it interesting for me. And. Trying to translate that into what does this mean for people in business whose job is not to do LinkedIn all day um, or to not to do social media all day. Well, that's that's also one of my passions. So it was the perfect mix. I always call it. It's my DNA.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, what is interesting because, um, I think you're talking about Vanguard leadership, right? That's, that's, that's a company which, uh, which you run and that has been there for more than 12 years now. I, if, if I'm, if I done my homework correctly and, uh, uh you know, you, you, uh, you're saying that basically you're trying to, or you're helping companies to bridge that gap between social media and business. And yeah. you're doing that from 12, you know, 12 years on, uh, you know what, like I really find it interesting because even now, nowadays, whenever we talk to some companies, uh, some clients, they still don't get it. So how is it possible that, you know, 12 years ago, you already started doing doing this. You must have been like a, one of those first pioneers to do that, right?
0: Well, yeah, but again, like I said, I saw the potential in it and I saw that it was something that got thrown into a corner and at that time, the corner was, let's give this to a 20-year-old who knows, who's grown up with social media or the, the internet, but they had no clue about business. Mm. And sometimes they still don't. But that's, that's a, a nasty remark, I know. Uh, but the thing is, the, I've ha- I do this from both my experience as an international sales and marketing manager. So I understand the issues that people were dealing with when they're in sales, when they're in marketing, when they're in recruitment. And how does this other animal, which is called LinkedIn or social media, how does this make the job easier and simpler? And since I've done it, I can more relate to how to use this in your day-to-day business. And you have to understand these people who have a sales job, a marketing job, an HR job, it's not their main Focus to do LinkedIn or to do Twitter or Facebook or any anything else? Their job is what it is, they're paid to sell, not to do LinkedIn. Hmm. But LinkedIn is part of that sales process. Sure. And that's where the bridging of the gap comes from. Hmm. How can you take what LinkedIn offers you and other platforms to make your job, your objectives work better for you?
1: Hmm. Uh, we will get to the how, and I will definitely want to uh, ask you about, about this, but before before we jump into that, I wanted to ask one more question, and that is, and you you actually touched upon that. You said, like, there are many marketers who are, like, even now, 20 years old, 25, they, they have a fantastic knowledge of social media, but they have no knowledge, much of knowledge, about how the business runs. So. Uh, how do you pitch them, uh, you know, the LinkedIn idea? Because I think for them, LinkedIn is something, you know, or there are you know, some recruiters there or perhaps my CV might be there, but they don't really see it as a business tool, do they?
0: Well, I think depending on what, what domain they're in, if you're in a B2B environment, I don't think you can look anywhere else but LinkedIn, and of course, a bit of Facebook, but you definitely have to look at LinkedIn. But the issue with B2B is that for, unfortunately, the younger generation, they don't have the experience of, yeah, how a business is done in B2B type of environments. And then you can know the product inside out. But if you don't have a clue how business is actually done, it becomes difficult to yeah, stimulate or uh, support other people with LinkedIn. It's not the pressing of the buttons that's important. It's the whole idea. It's the whole concept. How do you build relationships? Uh, How do you maintain those relationships? It's a matter of knowing which buttons to press, but it's more mindset. And that's something what I find the younger generations lack at that time and sometimes still lack today. Uh, they know it from a technical point of view, but they don't always know it from, a, from a, a practical day-to-day operational point of view, which is, you know, the real world out there that people have to fight. And like I said, I've been in a sales role, so I know how a salespeople think, uh, how they feel if they win and how they feel how they lose, especially big deals. Uh, but I've also sat on the other side in the marketing chair. So, which means... I can relate to battle between sales and marketing, the sales marketing alignment for if that ever is going to exist, probably not. Um, So all of that comes into play. How do you convince them by actually showing them how it's done, Mm -hmm. uh, what the results are, what the benefits are of building a relationship with people in the long term?
1: Sure, and I'm sure that uh, you know, in your career on LinkedIn, uh, you have a lot of examples which you can show. Um, so that's that's fantastic. And um, and now let's get into how because
0: I really okay. want to know. Before, before we do that, I I want to add something to this. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to add to this is that um, it's not only you're able to tell and show them that. I think it's also the ability to be the example for those people. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I think there's a major lead by example factor that I'm missing with a lot of people in any business. Mm. And and what I find is that a lot of people, and and it's one of my pet peeves, uh, if I can put it that way, but a lot of people call themselves LinkedIn trainers, social media trainers, you name it. But when you go look at what they do, They don't do what they're preaching Mm that you you should be doing. I mean, I hear people say, you need to make videos. They've never made a video. (laughs) You have to post every day. The last post is six months old. Uh, And and along all all these lines, and then this, yeah, but we do this for clients. No, 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 no. You have to lead by example, which is probably one of my, like I said, it's a pet peeve. Uh, My expression is eat your own dog food. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right. And uh, interestingly enough, I had a discussion with a friend of mine, a fellow business owner. He does SEO, and we were we were talking about exactly this. And we were saying that many times we need to have really the mindset that we treat our, our companies as one of our clients so we are clients to our uh, to our own service because many times we don't do things you know we do things for clients because that's paid work but for doing it for our own company sometimes feel like oh I can put it aside because you know I have this pressing work for my, for my client but you you're absolutely right we need to lead by example and we need to do um, what we what we preach right uh, absolutely true
0: well it's also a way to build experience hmm because if you're going to talk about LinkedIn posting or the LinkedIn algorithm or you can do all the research in the world if you don't experience it yourself and have your own proof how are you going to convince customers about
1: it sure and another another thing was uh, which we just came to my mind one of our um, like my, my one of my business mentor he always say you know, you can read all the books about how to ride a bike, and you can become a scholar in terms of, of a bike riding. But if you don't get on a bike or distinguish the balance, you know, you don't have the experience. You you don't know that. Yeah,
0: exactly my point.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So let's get into how um, Mick. I wanted to ask you. Uh, imagine I'm I'm your new client. Where would you start with me?
0: First of all, I'll start by analyzing your profile. Or you, I will analyze your um, um, presence, which is more than just your LinkedIn profile because that's part of it. Two is I will take a look at how is your network built today? What, what, how do you network out there uh, on LinkedIn? And thirdly, how active are you on LinkedIn? And then I'll ask you a very specific question, which is what is your goal or objective on, of being or for being on LinkedIn? Mm If you can't tell me why you're on LinkedIn, which is why a lot of people are on LinkedIn and doing nothing, is because they haven't defined up front what their goal and objective is. And they've made a profile because they were invited by somebody else to make a profile, and that's it. And then the profile just sits there once in a while, they might accept a person to become part of the network, but they have no plan. They don't know what they want to get out of LinkedIn. And and that could be find a job that could be find customers that could be just keeping in touch with people. It's whenever you go on any social media platform, you always have to ask the question, why do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. What do I want to get out of it? And this could be really personal. This could be really business like. So it's so I'll ask you why you're there. And so what's your objective? And two is based on that, who do you want to um, who do you want to reach out to? Who's your target audience? Who do you want to talk to? And then based on obviously your your, your profile, your activity level, your network, then we can start working on what are the steps you need to take to get to your objective. And by the way, you need to make sure that the objectives you have are measurable. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes you will hear people say, oh yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't know. I don't get anything out of it. Yeah, but what do you want to get out of it? And how do you measure it? Mm -hmm. Because the measuring part is your motivational factor. Mm -hmm. Because if you measure how many leads you actually get out of there per month, and that could be meetings with clients, you might realize that the effort you put into LinkedIn is worthwhile, even though maybe you have the feeling it's too much or too little. Hmm. But a lot of people don't know how to measure their, their, their activity level. And then it's obviously, obviously a very simple statement. I'd have, I, don't have, I don't get anything out of LinkedIn. <laughs>
1: Are you enjoying listening to this podcast? Awesome! So please consider subscribing to the podcast and leave an honest review on Apple Podcast. We will really appreciate it. Thank you, Mick. And uh, I wanted to ask you: um, you know, who, who is your um, ideal client? Who is your ideal customer? Who is who you like to work with? And uh, what do you normally do with them? I'm sure that you can help a lot of lot of different different people on a LinkedIn. But you know, who you like to work with?
0: Well, the people, or let's say, I like to work with companies that have either a sales team of about five to ten salespeople focused on a B two B type of environment. I'm not industry biased, so it could be it could be uh, finance, it could be you know IT services, it could be automotive, you name it. But it's in a B two B type of environment. It's people that have, uh, by preference a sales
2: team
0: mm-hmm. uh, with also possibly a bit of marketing uh, to support them. Uh, and and maybe another interesting factor to add to this uh, discussion is whether their target audience is actually on LinkedIn or not. Mm-hmm. Because I often get the, 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 the question, why don't you do a LinkedIn training for our salespeople and then when you stand in front, of the, in front of the salespeople, you realize sometimes that their target audience, their clients are not on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. let alone actively on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a very difficult process to work with them because, hey, you already know it's, they're not going to get anything out of it because their customers aren't there, or at least not active. So it becomes more a more difficult convincing of these people. So if the target audience is somewhat active, then that's great. That's mm. the type of customer. On the other hand, and this is where I, where I've had most fun this year, in all honesty, is helping individuals, coaches, consultants with their linkedin uh, presence and activation and lead generation you know in a one-to-one situation
2: Mm
0: -hmm. okay, Uh, because that is has been so enriching for me uh, to be very selfish uh, because i get to see different types of industries and different people doing different things and i think it was more to the point in terms of definition of what is your objective and I can help you get to that objective.
1: Okay. Let's, let's assume that my objective on LinkedIn would be lead generation and uh, I want to generate leads for my business. I have a video production company and I would like to get more people, um, you know, sign up uh, for, you know, for creating videos with me. Um, what would be your next steps? You know, where would you take me and how would you, uh, how would you guide me on LinkedIn?
0: Um. OK, there's, there's what I would call the, 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 the reactive approach and there's the proactive approach. Uh, the proactive approach, in my opinion, is let's look at how, how much content you can create and start building your presence on LinkedIn through content creation, meaning posting on LinkedIn, creating a content calendar, making sure that the content calendar is actually filled, making sure you're bringing good content making sure again that you look at what is the result of that content right so that's the whole visibility part if i can put it that way is content creation content distribution and and obviously uh, adjusting based on the results of that uh, so in your case obviously if you're making videos I would think that most of your content or a lot of your content will be around video, not necessarily making videos, but it could also be that you provide people in simple posts, tips and tricks on how to make videos or so that you position yourself as a thought leader in video productions. Right. So that's one part of the of the equation. The other part is that you have to start building a target audience. So you have to start connecting with the people in your target audience um, in order so that in order that they they see your posts, that's uh, what you hope for, so that you can also approach them with Direct messages with with uh, you know that you basically build a relationship with them through the networking part, and those would be two streams that you actually would have to follow. Neither doesn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there is one other thing, which is the people that you've already collected, the people you've already connected to. Nurture these people, meaning make sure that they know who you are, what you do, because in these times, last 12 months have proven it, our network will help the people in the network. Mm. The referrals that I'm getting, the referrals that a lot of my colleagues are getting are all coming because we keep our network close. It's not because you've collected 5,000 business cards that they're going to come to you. Mm -hmm they need to know who you are what you do and that means reaching out to them once in a while so that you're on their agenda it's kind of like advertising in the good old school is that the more the more places people see you at the better they remember you
1: sure um it's it, it that that is really interesting point as well you know talking about nurturing the relationships on on linkedin um uh, you know being in front of those uh, those people who are connected with you for for some time what what would you say what are the tips um around this you know how to keep the relationships alive and uh you know how not to be pushy salesy or whatever because because you can you know send them messages but actually that those messages can completely miss the mark right uh, i think the nurturing relationships require certain certain type of messages what what would you what would you what would your tips be
0: Uh, The way I I nurture my network, and and this is what I do on a daily basis, by the way, is I use the LinkedIn alerts for birthdays. I use the LinkedIn alerts for new jobs, work anniversaries, people visit my profile, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I use those messages because those are all people most of the time in my network that I have something to say. And what I'll do is I'll stay away from the commercial blah, blah, if you want. But I'll, I'll, what I will try and do is I will make them think by, for example, let me, let me give you the example. Um, if somebody has a birthday, you can just use the standard message, happy birthday, right? Okay, you're one of 50 million that does that. I will send you a happy birthday type message and I'll ask you a question that you will be thinking about. For example, uh, I might ask you, the question, what was the most memorable moment of last year for you?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously the first thing that happens is you go like, okay, this is not a standard message, right? It can be, you don't have to automate it but it's not a standard message. So that's one. Second of all, you start thinking and some people will actually get back. I have a lot of people coming back with that. Um, and 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 thirdly, it, it fuels a bit the conversation because if I get an answer back from you, on what was the most memorable moment of last year, maybe I can jump on to that to start a conversation with you. And by the way, you'll remember who I am. Mm-hmm. You will look at my headline and say, oh yeah, trainers, LinkedIn, social selling. Okay, maybe I know somebody that I can introduce you to. And that's the way you you nurture that relationship. Uh, yes, this takes time, okay? I agree, the more, the more, the bigger your network, the more time that probably will take. You can limit that time on a daily basis, which I do to about 15 minutes that I keep for myself to nurture my network. The second thing is we all get messages on or we all see posts on LinkedIn. A simple like or comment on a post is also a way to create some visibility in your network. Mm. So why not take that time? And then, and this is my number one weapon, is if somebody shows up in any shape or form I will resort to my smartphone Mm -hmm. and um, I will be using either video messages or voice messages to jump out in all the other messages that these people are getting. And and people are surprised. Mm -hmm. You spark something in their mind, you teach them something new. And and that makes it, if you have 20,000 people, you can't keep all 20,000 you know, close to you every, every day. Um, But one of the things I'm doing, and I'll, I'll just share that with you now too, is I've exported all my contacts out of LinkedIn into an Excel spreadsheet. One of the things that Excel spreadsheet has is the day that we connected. Everybody that I connected with 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and five years ago, why not? Pick one or two or three people and send them a message like, gee, it's been X number of years that we've been connected on LinkedIn. How are you doing? It's pure magic.
2: Hmm.
0: In all honesty, it's pure magic, especially with people that are 15 years and you don't see them very often on LinkedIn. But when you then send them a message, you go like, has it been that long? Hmm. Yeah, it has. And we start a conversation. So, what are you doing today? And what are you doing today? You have the conversation. Magic's happening. Mm.
1: Uh, I love I love these tips because I think they're very much in line with uh, what I feel close to my heart as well. And I don't like these uh, um, these kind of like salesy salesy kind of messages. And at the end of the day. I always feel people are not stupid, right? Like um, when you start conversation and people like uh, you pay, people feel that you're naturally curious about what they do and how they are doing and all that, they'll come to your profile and if your profile is written in a proper way, they will figure out what you do and who you are you don't need to tell them, you need to kind of like, you don't need to put it in front of their face. You know, this is what I do. This is what I do. Buy from me, buy from me. This is not it, right? Like it's a building the relationship, building the rapport and people, again, people are not stupid. They will come, you know, to your profile. They will look, ah, he's a, he's a LinkedIn guy. Hmm. Maybe I can, I can, uh, you know, ask him for some, um, you know, if I can make help, help me with this and with that. Right.
0: And obviously, the other thing is if people ask you a question, don't immediately go out there and say, I'll charge you 100 euros, dollars or whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but or come and take a course with me. No, I, in all honesty, uh, and I have a post to prove it uh, in the sense that I have a cust- somebody who was not a customer actually saying, I've been following you for a number of years now, four to five years, and I've never seen anything from you that is salesy. So one day we'll do business.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: In the meantime, we've done business. <laughs> and it's not me asking. So it's kind of funny, though, how things go that way. So I believe in nurturing relationships. Mm. And when you nurture the relationship, things do come back.
1: Sure. Uh, and what I like also about what you mentioned is... Uh, Trying the innovative way how to stand out. I understand that we live in a digital noise, right? Like a, we fighting with emails, with other tweets, with, with other LinkedIn posts, with a Facebook post, all this, there's a digital noise around us and we need to stand out. And I really love that, that what, you, what you mentioned, you know, with, with the messages, with the voice messages or with the video messages, because you, you're suddenly not one in a 10 million, but you're the only one Mick Adam, Right.
0: Well, yeah, and the other thing is this year, um, I've changed my text message on a birthday to a video message. Mm-hmm. Just to figure out if people react differently to a video message than a text message. Oh, the, the, the People tend to come back and say, wow, this is strange. I never got some, one of these before. So, you know, and we got something to talk about again.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um you talk about um, you, you. You spoke about content, and that you know one of the thing is that obviously you need to create a lot of content. You need to create a content and uh, and put it out there in front of people in in order to become a thought leader. Um, is there anything specific which you like in terms of content, or what kind of content you prefer? Is it a videos? It's a post? Um, is it a, it's a documents? What 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 uh, what would you suggest?
0: There's a lot of questions that I could answer in there. Uh, (laughs) um, When it comes down to content, in all honesty, there is too much content that you can create. Anybody who says I have nothing to make LinkedIn posts with, I'm kind of like, ah, that's not possible. There is enough subjects or subject matters that you can create content posts. So let me give you five uh, hooks, For content creation, which I, by the way, also use one is your website is full of content that has been approved by the company. So why not use once in a while something that's on the company website or your own website to create a post on LinkedIn number two, and this is my favorite is we all have customers. And you know what these customers tend to do they ask us questions. Every question I get from a customer is a potential topic to create a post on LinkedIn. Third is we are all in our own business. We are all full of tips, tricks, uh, how to do things, uh, the numbers that circulate in our business, the infographics. Why not create once in a while something around that? We all work in a business environment, so we come in different places. We have colleagues, we have a working space. Why not once in a while share something about your working professional life? And we all belong to industry organizations. We go to network meetings, we go to all kinds of stuff. Well, why not, again, take content that you've seen and read there and repurpose that in your own posts? I mean, today for me, one of the greatest places to find content is to listen in into clubhouse meetings. Because people ask tons of questions. You could just have to note them down. You write your own answer and you have a post for LinkedIn. So as simple as that. Now, when it comes down to the format, yeah, then uh, I don't really have a favorite. Well, depends. I do have a favorite now, but that has to do with something else. Uh, But I think you need to have a variation, meaning you do polls, you do text posts, you do video posts, you do uh, posts with a PDF, you do posts with uh, um, an an image. So you vary a little bit because that way you're not a a one-trick pony. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite for the moment is polls. I love polls just for the simple fact is they work. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, I get, in terms of reactions, probably anywhere from 5 to 15 times more engagement on a poll than on a normal post. Mm -hmm. But that's me. That might not be applicable to you. That might not be applicable to anybody. You have to try it. And then the thing is, you can't overdo it uh, because I'm slowly getting to the point where I'm overdoing it uh, in terms of polls. But All right. I mean, when I see that it's going to go down, then, uh, you know, that's that's the way it is. But I think it's it's a mix of different types of formats you include in your in your posts. But there is enough content that you can create that is very simple. Hmm. Personally, I post uh, well. I post once a day and I've been doing this for the last three years. -hmm. The way I operate is I don't think in the morning, what will I put on LinkedIn? No, what I'll do is I'll collect all the ideas. And once a week, I will spend maybe an hour, maybe two, depending on how much content I need to produce. And I will create the posts for next week, which I'll play, which I'll always put manually, by the way. I don't use a tool to post them. Mm -hmm. But the only, because every day I have to spend one minute and 35 seconds, copy paste. And that's it. But I create or I keep the ideas, put them in a document. And then once a week, I make five or seven posts out of it.
1: do you do you actually repurpose content? Do you reuse the content? So you, you mentioned that you keep them in uh, some file. Uh, I actually do that as well. I have it on a Google Drive. Um, and those posts which are kind of like a timely or, uh, you know, they don't need, you know, some tips, you know, how to create a video. It works today and it will work probably three months down the line, right?
0: Well, that's just the thing is that nobody remembers what they've read on LinkedIn last week. <laughs> let alone three months ago, six months ago, and a year ago. Case on point is um, when I run out of inspiration, and it does happen, um, then I will take a look at what posts did I make last year. And I've taken a post that last year only got like two, 3,000 views and, and maybe 50 uh, engagements or something like that. I reposted it this year and it was tenfold and mm. it was exactly the same post mm-hmm. yeah. it also has to do with timing it has to do with oh, so many other things that it, it, you know but repurposing content there's nobody who said you've already said this <laughs> I would have been amazed I, I would have congratulated this person <laughs> you know with a, with a very personalized message <laughs> but nobody did and nobody does so yes you can repurpose not that you should do it every day. But if you have no, you know, if you have green content that was true six months ago and is still true, why not reuse it? Mm. Everything on your website is probably there for years. Mm. Why not re? I mean, the the cases are still there. Why not reuse one of the cases that's on your website? It's still on the website. So why not?
1: And perhaps you can give it to a different spin or maybe just, just rewrite it in some way. Right.
0: Sure. 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 Definitely. That's the, of course, sometimes you need to rethink it a little bit, but if the content remains, you know, valid, why not? I mean, the the fun thing is I've gone back in LinkedIn. (laughs) This is fun. I've gone back into my LinkedIn articles, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: the things that don't work on LinkedIn, everybody says, right? They do work, but in a different way. So I went back to my first article that I've ever written on LinkedIn. Actually, I'm going to completely repurpose that article because it's still valid today. Hmm. I might have to tweak it left and right a little bit, but I can just basically copy-paste. Now, with an article, it's different because it is on my profile. So people, if they go back to the first article, I have 150 or so. They have to go back a long time, but they could still find it.
1: And I think also what what you're saying is really interesting because... um, I can imagine that, for example, you can go back three years down the line, what you've written, maybe in that particular week, and then you can take that post and you can, you know, kind of like a post it and you say to your audience, have a look, this is three years ago, I posted exactly this and it got this and this and this and can suddenly you can create a post around that, right? Um, Just give it to a different twist. And suddenly you have another content which you can share, right?
0: OK, I'll give you I'll give you the tip of the week, <laughs> which, is, which is last week I ran seven polls on LinkedIn around one general topic, which is optimize your LinkedIn profile. I ran seven polls. I asked seven questions and stuff like that. So I ran seven polls, That's seven posts. Today, I actually wrote a summary and I. Um, and my suggestions and my ideas. And I put this into an article. So that's eight, right? Mm-hmm. Now, going forward, I will use every poll individually to create new polls with suggestions. And that means I've got 15 posts with one piece of content or with you know the seven pieces of content that I created initially. Mm-hmm. So polls are really fabulous because you always have two posts one is asking the question. Second is reporting on the results.
1: Mm-hmm. Well. I've seen actually I've seen your feed and I, I've seen that you you you're using polls very well and I think there is a certain art in it right uh, I don't think you know because I've seen some polls and then the the question is too long and you don't really understand what the what the person is asking about and when you're confused when you you know then you probably don't answer right so so what is what what are your tips how to frame the the polls in a way that people will actually answer all
0: right there's a couple of things one is make your your question short and very to the point that's one so don't make a long question that people have to read over the people will 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 not vote. second of all is the options that you give people should exclude one another because if it is a b and c and not d i'm not going to answer because it could be A today, it could be B today. So people are not going to reply if you give them the choices where they could have doubts. So there can be no overlap, if I can put it that way. And thirdly, and this is what I found, is if it's emotionally triggering, you'll get more votes. Uh, one of the questions was, do you use emojis in your LinkedIn profile? Now you have the haters and you have the lovers. There's very few people in the middle and those that are in the middle are, they don't know what to say most of the time, Mm -hmm. right? So, but that subject is like, is there room for emojis in your LinkedIn profile will generate yes or no. And if you then make it even more specific, do you put emojis in your name? Then you really split up the people, because you'll have people that say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I, I do," and you will have say, "No way, this is unprofessional," mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's kind of like how how the whole thing works. So
1: yeah, and I think, I and I think the,
0: uh, that's the, the the reasoning behind. But it's difficult to create good polls. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't not every poll I create is good. I know that for myself. Yeah, I think
1: I think it's just as with everything, right? Like uh, the more you do it, the more experience you have, the more feedback you have, you see what people, what people are commenting on, on the post, and then you twisting, tweaking the things. So then you kind of like honing your skills, how to, how to create um, a post Um, before. uh, So, so we were talking about posts, we're talking about content and you touch up on articles. And I'm really curious about that. How does articles work for you?
0: Well, obviously the, the, the why you create an article is because you'd never want to use the content that you created. If you create a status update, a post, a standard post, that post will disappear eventually. If you do an article, that will never disappear. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll stay on your profile. So you can go back to my first article, you can go back to my first post. Mm-hmm that I ever written and I don't know when that would have been but that's that I don't remember so that's one thing is articles don't disappear posts do the, the the second thing is of course people have said the tendency to think yeah articles you don't you know don't perform as well as posts you don't get as many views the answer to that is actually wrong because linkedin does show the summary that you publish when you publish a post to many people, but LinkedIn only shows you the number of people who actually clicked through to your article. Which means that if you look at an article, and I, I look at mine of today, you probably it'll say 55 people have viewed your article, and then you go panic because obviously normally I get a couple thousand people who see my post. But when I stand on my homepage, LinkedIn actually mentions how many people have seen the the summary appear on their screen. So that's because LinkedIn shows you different ways that people look at your different posts. I mean, views of a video are counted differently than views of a post with an image. Hmm. Yes. So you're comparing apples with pears on LinkedIn sometimes, and that's why articles have gotten a bad reputation on LinkedIn, because you, know, you look at the number of people who actually read it, it's kind of like how many people have read your blog post. It's not a ton of people. Maybe mm-hmm. they've all gone to your website, but they haven't read your blog post. So, um, And you have to consider the fact that articles are actually blog posts
1: yeah and i think i think another another thing which we could add probably to this that the articles probably will drive a little bit more relevant traffic right like because if somebody reads your articles and like your articles probably that person will be uh, your, your target audience i mean definitely some who might be your client is that would, would that be uh, uh, true
0: plus, plus also demonstrates that you probably are I won't say an expert, but at least that you're knowledgeable about the subject that you that you talk about. Um, so I think that from that point of view, it gives you a little more. Yeah, a professional uh, presentation, I think,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which which a, a state is up to it's here today and it's forgotten tomorrow,
2: mm-hmm.
0: as I said to one of, to, to one of my uh, clients today, you're, who was asking me, how can I go viral? And, and he had a screenshot of somebody who went viral, in his opinion, viral. Uh, it was like, I don't know, two two million views of something like that. I, I don't remember. And I basically said two things. One, don't compare yourself with anybody else, because that 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 doesn't work. And two, you're only as good as your last post.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, yeah, actually, you're probably right. I still like to go viral. Yeah, okay, we all do, but... I mean at the end of the day is what do you want to get out of it? Which comes back to the objective that we talked about at the beginning.
1: Yeah, Miguel, you know what I would answer to that question? Yeah, if you uh-huh. want to go viral, um, let yourself be filmed running naked through the the you know through the square of Bruges, for example. You will go viral. Will it make a difference in your business? Probably not, but your post will be viral.
0: Yeah, but the funny thing is, I looked at the post and the post said literally. I'll be two hours late. For, uh, I arrived two hours too late in the office. And my boss said, I probably must have been tired. <laughs> this person got 2 million views, 2 million, 2.2 million views. I don't know how many likes and comments it was, but is this going to get anything for that person?
1: Mm.
0: Other than, yeah, you got 2 million views. So Yeah.
1: No, sometimes it's 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 really weird what what we what we see as a viral post, right? And and then and we got we got also excited with the numbers and all that. But we actually don't think logically. You know, is it really something which will help our business to grow? Perhaps we need just one uh, person mm-hmm. who will read the post. maybe two. You know, and then it make make a very very big difference in our business. We don't need millions, right?
0: No, no, no exactly. You need the you need the right people at the right place. And, you know, if the business comes out of it and you measure it, I mean, how much more business can you, can you, can you uh, manage or how high, where, where is your threshold that you can still handle it?
1: Sure. Uh, Mick, I'm looking at, at the watch. Can you imagine we are running we are already 50 minutes in this interview? I, I thought like we just started five minutes ago.
0: I'm not even keeping track of the watch. So I was like, okay, well, this is a nice chat. There's an interesting question. Um, and I just, you know, as you probably guessed, I love this subject. So
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so so I, I I start wrapping up uh, the, the the today today's podcast and uh, I would like to ask you um what is your um what is your out uh, sorry so what what is your future holds for for you in a LinkedIn where do you want to go and uh, what is what is your yeah future on LinkedIn in this year
0: Huh where's my future on LinkedIn this year That's a good question um
1: no, well, you—you're strategic man, right? Like so, so I'm—I'm I'm definitely sure you might have some strategy for yourself.
0: Well, yeah, I—I I think what I want to do is what I started last year, uh, I which hasn't really resulted in where I wanted to end up last year. Um, one of the things that I had put forward last year as a, as a one of my objectives was to uh, become. A thought leader for everything to do with employee advocacy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I've already made some steps towards that stage, but I'm not far enough there. And um, it's still my goal to to become to become or to replicate what I've done for social selling, mm-hmm. but also in the employee advocacy world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a difficult world, uh, because, uh, it, it's kind of an overlap between marketing and HR, um, has a little less to do with sales as such, but, um, so since I do the recruitment stuff, I do have a a little bit of a view on HR. Uh, I know a little bit about marketing, so that's part of it, but the the thing is, uh, it's not entirely... There's not enough people talking about that subject on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and because it's not a topic that's high on everybody's agenda, there's not that many people that uh, are interested at this point. Uh, And and I tried to do a lot of postings last year around the subject, and unfortunately, I didn't find any or not much traction in it because Mm -hmm. these are most oftentimes bigger projects that not that many. Um, not that many uh, organizations undertake at, at a large scale. Okay. Uh, a lot of companies want to do it small scale and then the, it doesn't cost any money, basically. That's what the, they want to look at. So I want to be at the end of the year, be looking back and saying, okay, I've now become one of the 10 people in the world, if I can put it that way. That people turn to when they look for advice on employee advocacy.
1: Awesome. So we'll keep eye on you if uh, if you will fulfill that goal, and, <laughs> and, yeah, and we'll
0: and obviously keep track of everything uh, that that's happening in the social selling world.
1: Perfect. So. Uh, Mick, it was absolutely uh, awesome to have you here today uh, on a LinkedIn Smart Podcast. I really enjoy our, our chat, our interview. And before we go, I would like to ask you, just tell our listeners, where can they find more about you? Of course, I think one is obvious LinkedIn, right? And then?
0: Um, yeah, obviously LinkedIn is my major platform. Um, I'm also um, active on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, both... Uh, platforms are professional. Uh, I do have a personal Facebook page, of course. But I kind of mix uh, professional and personal on my Facebook page. Um, I don't do TikTok. Uh, I have not an yet, account. But I don't do it. <laughs> um, like I have a Snapchat account and don't do it either. Uh, but, I mean, as a social media person, you kind of need to know your way around. Um, I'm kind of looking at this point at Clubhouse as an <laughs> alternative channel. But I think it's too early days to make a commitment to Clubhouse or whatever platform Twitter, Facebook or anybody else will offer that eventually will win the race. Uh, Today Clubhouse is a little bit of an exclusive club. Um, But we'll see if they stand the frontal attack by Facebook and Twitter in the next uh, few weeks.
1: Okay. Perfect. So Mick Adam on LinkedIn. Again, yeah. once again, thank you very much for your time. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, I hope to see you in you know soon again on the LinkedIn Smart Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.